came to dance, 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 dance. Yeah. I hit the floor, cause that's my plans, 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 plans. Yeah. I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands. Yeah. Give me some space for both my hands, 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 hands. Yeah, yeah, cause it goes on and on and on. And it goes on and on and on. is trice talk and i'm crimson <laughs> and crimson is in the studio well kind of sort of i guess <laughs> <laughs> helping out since dennis lee is going to be out tonight and uh well tomorrow night too actually uh, hey just uh and um there's today, eric hmm? there's oh, eric oh, oh there's eric <laughs> Let me get Eric in here. Hey, Eric. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing good this evening. Well, great. Uh, this is Wednesday, April the 7th, 2021. It is our Wacky Wednesday. I'm not not sure how wacky we're going to make it today but or tonight. But, mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll try to throw a little bit of wackiness in there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So let me quieten these guys here. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about the uh, Calendar Girl song, but I actually have two on here that I would uh, recorded a couple of sessions ago just in case when Dennis Lee wasn't going to be around. And uh, I'm not quite sure how they're going to work, but I may try them later because we're probably not going to hear from Robert tonight. Um, I did text him and let him know that you're on tonight and that Dennis Lee was missing oh, did action. You? Okay. Well, okay. Ho hopefully he read the message, but I'm going to text him to let him know that you're live right now and ho <laughs> hopes that he might come in if he's not All too right. busy. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. If he comes in and he wants to play uh, his version, that would be great. If not, we'll mm -hmm. have to experiment with uh, some of that stuff that I found. I've never found right. that one that Dennis Lee plays all the time but i don't think he's given me the name of the group um anyway or we would probably just go back to the classic uh yeah we could we could do that actually i might have that on there i don't know if i can find uh -huh. it tonight i may use it tomorrow night if uh if we don't hear from robert so how are you crimson i'm doing pretty good i'm a little tired tonight but i'll try to step it up for you <laughs> well we appreciate it 
And how are you doing, Donald Wayne? Oh, I'm just sitting on top of the world, Ma. <laughs> Ma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know that's a line from an old movie, and I can't think of which one it is. <laughs> Eric, you ought to know that one. You're you're the expert on some of these old movies. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm on top of the world, Ma. It's some gangster movie. I can't think of which one it is. Um, can't think of it either. Yeah, it's yeah. probably some Jimmy Cagney movie or something, but which no one in here is old enough to know about except yeah. for me. <laughs> True. But, so talk about something we know about. <laughs> well, uh, okay, maybe I'll try. Uh, hey, Tron Cat. Did I miss anybody else in here so far? All right. Uh, I, in case you missed it, Dennis Lee is out tonight. He's actually on uh, taking spring break time off. Uh, they've gone up to the mountains up in North Carolina. Yeah, Gatlinburg up in North Carolina, which is a, a real pretty place to go if anybody on the East Coast has ever been up there. It's kind of neat. It's a tourist town. Uh, they used to have a Ripley's, believe it or not, in on the main street in town. I don't know if that's still there or not, because um, I haven't been there in a few years. But uh, that was a neat place to go. But he'll be back Sunday, supposedly, in case unless he extends his time. Um, I guess. I'll just jump in here since uh, the first thing that I have tonight is uh, from Huckabee's evening edition, uh, April the 7th. So that's a that's today. And it is entitled, It's Funny Because It's True. And um, it says, Georgia State Representative Wes Cantrell, I think I've heard that name before, announced that to mollify Democrats who are condemning the new Georgia election reform law, he will introduce a bill to replace it with something called the President Joe Biden Jim Crow on Steroids Act. <laughs> I mean, that's it's uh, it's right here in print. So I'm, I'm assuming that's true. It would replace the Georgia voting laws with laws identical to those uh, in Biden's home state of Delaware and not Vermont, like I said a few sessions ago. <laughs> Uh, which are far more restrictive. Uh, and to cite just one example, Georgia will now have 19 days of early voting. Delaware has, guess how many they have? I don't know. Eric? He doesn't Z know either. No zero, idea. Zero. Well, he may be trying to get Robert. Uh, there's no early days of voting in Delaware, according to this oh. article. I don't know that for a fact. So um, anyway, that's what he's proposing. And then he says, if you don't like that, he also has a bill called the Chuck Schumer Racist Voter Suppression Act that would replace Georgia's election laws with more repressive laws identical to those in New York, New York State. If you want to see the differences in the current Georgia law and the ones in Delaware and New York State, you can go to the Huckabee uh, newsletter site for April the 7th, and there's a link on there that you can, it'll actually outline the the, the actual differences in the, in the laws uh, between Vermont and Georgia and New York State and Georgia, mm -hmm. if you're interested. Yeah. Um, 
While this may sound ridiculous, so are the many false statements that have been made against Georgia's new voter law. Downright lies. It's time we fought back against the Democrats. I'm kind of, I mean, even though it sounds crazy, that's kind of a, a couple of goofy titles there that I don't know that anybody could take seriously, but it's the article says that he's actually entered, has introduced the one for president Joe Biden, Jim Crow on steroids act. So that's crazy. <laughs> so I'm crazy. I'm, I'm sure the Democrats will be, be uh, making fun of that. Yeah. That'll probably, that'll probably be on the, um, on the view, uh, <laughs> Whoopi, Whoopi will be talking about the the idiot Republicans in the state of Georgia yeah. coming up with a law, to, and, and they'll take it serious. I mean, they'll take the title seriously. So, yeah, I thought that was funny. That and, is funny. Uh, Huckabee. That's what I like about the Huckabee side. I, I say all the time, especially on the mini pods. I tend to use stuff from Huckabee because he has a sense of humor about these things as much as you can at much as much humor as you can have when you have people that are trying to, uh, you know, tear you down all the time, more or less. Uh, yeah. I criticize everything that you do. But anyway, that's, that's, uh, Oh, Mikey boy. <laughs> so, uh, Tron cat, uh, Donald Wayne said to tell you that the movie was white heat with James Cagney. All right, all right. Do you have you seen that movie, Tron Cat? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thanks for yes. sharing that. All right, yes, he's... cool. I mean, those were. I mean, probably the bad thing about when you look at those real old black and white movies, um, and you compare it to the action of the stuff today. I mean, you actually had to think about the movies back in that time period because <laughs> you know everything wasn't just you know, uh, played out action. for you, huh? Yeah. There wasn't a lot of action. It was more dialogue. Yeah. And emotion. And, and it's, it's, it's a totally different environment, but some of those movies are really neat. And, uh, but thanks yeah. for sharing that. I, I knew it was, I felt like it was James Cagney. I just couldn't remember which one I had. I had a grandfather that looked like James Cagney. He was the same height. I swear, if you, you could see a picture of the two. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to think that maybe we were related uh, to the Cagneys in some way or another. But uh, unfortunately, we weren't. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, let's well. see. All right, so I, here I pause because usually Dennis Lee is it's his turn to say something, it's, and it's me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so um, I want to talk about Jungle Jack. Uh, Donna Wayne, do you know who Jungle Jack is? Jungle Jack. Yeah. I know Jungle Jim. No, we we knew him as Jack Hanna. Oh, okay. The yeah. Gator guy, or. No, was he, he was an animal. animal adventures. Yeah, he was an animal guy. He was an expert on animals back in, I guess, the 80s, maybe early 90s. I don't remember. But we saw him a lot. Uh, I remember we used to watch him on Johnny Carson every night. Oh, it was Carson. Okay. Yeah, once yeah. once a week or something, he'd always have him on there. Well, sad news for Jack Hanna. Um, he's recently been diagnosed with dementia. He's 74. Oh, my goodness. 
And uh, that's young. Uh, that is young, and his family just released the information today. But you know, he was always one of my favorites. He always brought the animals on Carson, and he let the animals always peed or pooped on Carson every time. You know, it was <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> well, that would be my luck if if I had been holding the animals. Yeah. But he was a great guy. He had a great personality. He always wore that hat. You remember the hat? Yeah, he he did kind of look like a. Uh, I could I could probably say I bet I could say Ramar of the Jungle, and nobody knows would know <laughs> what I'm talking about. But he had that kind of look. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a. Uh, I guess that was fifties. Uh, really. A series. I don't. Oh. It was. I don't believe it was a movie. I believe it was a series, kind of like some of the old serials they used to run in the movie theaters. But yeah, he was. He was a guy that. A jungle guy. Yeah, yeah. Played with animals and stuff. Well, well that wasn't a, a good story, but it was. Uh, it was one that sparked my interest just because I remember him so fondly uh, with his animals and his stories and everything. So. Yeah, they'd always get. Uh, a lot of times they would get on Carson's head yes. <laughs> and mess, mess up his hair. And yep. uh, he just, Take he had, yeah, he had such a <laughs> funny look about him when, when these animals would crawl all over him. I think he had a Python one time too Yeah, that he put on Johnny Carson. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I was thinking about the other guy when you said that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, he was known as jungle Jack. I remember really? people, yeah, because he was some a director of some zoo. Um, uh, I don't remember up north somewhere. So, and they called him. It was the Jungle Jack show or whatever he did there. How about and that? That's that. How about that? Well, I hate to hear that for him and his family, yeah. but seventy-four. Wow. I still think, I don't know how many of you listening have ever gone back and looked at some of those Carson things on YouTube, but some of them are hilarious, especially the ones where Carson, when he used to do um, little comedy segments, he did one about where he was a, a pitch man in between uh, intermissions on a movie, <laughs> like a, uh, I can't think of another example but he had he had some funny bits because he was always hyping some products on there and uh then they had the mighty art uh carson art players they were always kind of funny i remember him doing the mind reading skit he'd always oh, take, um, take something and hit it on his head and think real hard and be able to guess whatever it was Do you remember that one was that was that karnak yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah, I, I I remember those, but he did a lot of that stuff up until yeah. the latter years, and then I think he just stopped and he was just doing the doing the hosting. Uh, All right. All right. Well, who? What? Nothing. <laughs> the um, next thing on my list is uh, there. Apparently, there's some new CDC guidelines that came out within the last day or two, uh, but it's in today's uh, Huckabee letter. So I'm going to assume it's been in the last couple of days. 
But uh, Huckabee goes on to say, for the past year, operating on the advice of the unquestionable scientific experts at the CDC, which is uh, headquartered here in Atlanta, by the way, most of us have been constantly swabbing our hands and every surface of our homes and workplaces with industrial strength sanitizer to kill the COVID-19 virus. Uh-oh. What? I don't know. This is not going to be good, though, I can tell. <laughs> well, well, the CDC just issued new guidelines based on the latest data, and they now say that the risk of contracting the virus by touching an infected surface and then touching your mouth, your nose, your eyes uh, is actually low. How low? The risk is about 1 in 10,000. So that's that's uh, a little better odds than me than me of, of winning the lottery so <laughs> but um they described it as possible but not a significant risk they say some people generally catch covid-19 through direct contact with a sick person or droplet or airborne transmission which i would imagine the airborne transmission is the droplet but Remember supermarket customers running whenever it was announced that a few bottles of hand sanitizer or Lysol had arrived? I mean, I think that the shelves are now just starting to get back to where you can find these products in, in the grocery stores anyway. Now, Home Depot, uh, down the road from here, they, they've they had a lot of hand sanitizer for quite a while now. Uh, there's never a shortage down there, but uh, grocery stores, sometimes I still find it, especially Lysol products. But here's the new guidance on what it takes to clean contaminated surfaces, according to the CDC. Simple cleaning agents appear to be effective against the virus, and disinfectants aren't necessary for most situations. Now they tell us. There is little scientific support for routine use of disinfectants in community settings. Cleaning with normal soap or detergent is considered effective. And Huckabee says, and that's the unquestionable expert scientific advice for this week. Remember this whenever someone tells you anything about the science is settled. They say that a lot, don't they? Is that Biden that says that all the time? What does he say? The science is settled. I don't listen to Biden, I have to admit. If he comes on TV, I mute it. I just, I don't need to see that. <laughs> well, I so mean. Have you heard him say that? Um, I've heard somebody on there say it. Maybe, maybe it was Biden. Of course, he usually doesn't say too much that's coherent, so it may not have been right. him. It, it could have been sounds, Fauci. Yeah, that almost sounds too too big of a thing for Biden to say, you know, might yeah. not be able to get that on a card. Well, that's, that's, that's four words together. So that might be difficult, but, <laughs> um, so anyway, so they've, they've changed that, you know, they used to talk about, uh, uh, disinfectants all the time. And, and I read an article several years ago that Americans use too many disinfectants and then we end up killing a lot of germs that are actually good for us in our environment so uh now that we've killed every living <laughs> thing 
that could exist in our homes and in our automobiles. So now they're saying, oh, we didn't really need to do that. So I don't know. People. I mean, I can understand that, that things they've learned in the past. Uh, I guess it's been a little over a year now, haven't it? Yeah, we're into yep. April. Yep. Um, right, just Doug. Uh, there are germs that are our friends. In fact, <laughs> uh, germs are what killed the aliens in uh, War of the Worlds. So, you know, uh, what if we kill those germs? We're in trouble <laughs> in case they ever come down here with their little pods. And <laughs> <laughs> so, anybody out there seen both War of the Worlds movies, the original and then the one with uh, Tom Cruise? Or several years ago and if you have which one do you think was the best well that's obvious for me the second one absolutely i'd rather watch tom cruise than anything well yeah i know i mean take that out of the equation uh, uh, i can't <laughs> um <laughs> i think like the original or the world's movie from like i think it was like the 50s or 60s um 50s, you know yeah. like you know like you know, like the, some of the special effects in that that movie were were really good. You know, nothing compared to like the like modern day movies. Like, and I, I've I've seen like a clip on YouTube of like, you know, like Uncle Matthew who was like the like the preacher, and then he raised the Bible in good faith, and the aliens just just killed him, and and he just like zapped and disappeared. Yeah, vaporized and, him. Yeah, and then vaporized the army and. Yeah, well, I've got to I mean, watch it now. The the special effects are, you know, for anybody of the last two or three generations, I mean, it's about as cheesy as you can get. But so is the original Godzilla, and so is the original King Kong. But uh, you know, taking into context at the time frame that I saw it, you know, if you're young enough and you see that movie, it's kind of scary. Uh, even the blob, Dennis Lee was talking about the blob uh several episodes ago and uh, I remember the first time I saw the blob I actually thought you know gee if that's possible I mean that that would be terrible but um, mm -hmm. you know of course compared to everything that we can do now with special effects uh, they look cheesy but kind of like that James Cagney movie if you know really if you go back if you have the patience to watch some of those old ones uh, you really have appreciation for what they used to have to go through to make a movie back in those days yeah I, I i think in terms of like like scary movies for me um i think the one movie like like poltergeist 3 which was heather o'rourke's final performance um i think the one scene that nearly and i would nearly jump out of my skin on is the the mirror room scene when tangina dies yeah oh yeah yeah and you know and you know and then like the, the graphic description of like like what looks like Tam Gina's corpse, you know, like um, Dinah, you know, pops out of it. Right. You know, I couldn't imagine that being real life. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Uh, well, but, but I like, like you say, emphasis on the word fiction. Yeah. Well, I've always said, you know, people in these horror movies, I mean, why in the world do they hang around? The first time I hear a voice that doesn't really make sense to me, that house is sold. I'm gone. I'm not waiting around, you know, and like they did in Poltergeist and all those weird <laughs> things started happening. 
uh-uh, you know, you're not going to get two and three shots at me. I'm out. <laughs> I give it up. But um, it's 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 that way with here's here's now this uh, this is a real old movie too. It's about the same time frame as the Blob, and I know, you know, it's probably nothing very interesting for some of you, but it shows how far we've come. Uh, there was actually a movie back in uh, around the time of the Blob, which is early '60s, I believe, and it was called The Tingler. And if anybody remembers who <laughs> Vincent Price is, uh, he was in this movie. And I'm in a movie theater. I think my dad took me to see it. And um, uh, this tingler is this thing that it looks like a centipede. And it, it comes out of people's bodies. I don't oh, know how in the world. It, but it attaches itself to people's spines and it causes them to do things. Um, anyway, <laughs> this doctor got this tingler out of, out of the back of one of the patients. Now, I'm sitting in the movie theater. It's dark, except for the screen. And then the lights go out in the movie theater. And just at the time that the tingler jumped off the table, that it was, it was almost like um, an aliens kind of thing, you know, it would get in people's bodies, but it jumped off the table and then it scared people so bad in the movie theater. People <laughs> were screaming, women were screaming and men were screaming, raising their feet, putting it up on the chairs. Cause somebody said, I think I see it. You know, it's it's a wonder we didn't have a mass exodus from the movie theater that day. But um, I think, you know, you oh, couldn't yeah. get away with that now because people would want to sue you if anybody got hurt. But it was it was such a corny thing if you go back and look at it now. But back then, when you're sitting there glued to the screen and this thing disappears <laughs> for a few <laughs> seconds, you think, oh, no, that thing's in the movie theater. So, um, of course, my dad egged it on. He was grabbing my shoulder and touching my back and just <laughs> so fun days. We don't get to have fun like that anymore in yeah, movie theaters. Yeah. Um how do we get on that? What were we talking about monster movies I have, for? I don't know. How do we segue into that? You did it. Well it's all it's, by it's, yourself. I did it even without Dennis's prodding. Okay. Yeah. Uh well it's wacky Wednesday, so I guess yeah. you know I can stray here and there um all right so usually i don't do this day in history i save that for dennis lee but since he's often enjoying himself for a few days and i'm i'm sitting here enjoying myself uh i thought i would go ahead and do um well I, I have another story oh do you oh i'm sorry yeah see, <laughs> I, I stepped on your foot I'm, i apologize <laughs> well i have a question so we love tacos we eat tacos all the time oh beef tacos chicken tacos fish tacos i mean just <laughs> we do we eat tacos you know got leftover fish we're having tacos or whatever so um there's a story and i'm not doing real well on my stories tonight but there's a story that this guy in fresno california it's california again he entered a taco eating contest, and it was at a baseball park in Fresno, um, minor league or something, and um, he'd never done this before, and he actually started choking during the competition, and people tried to, to help him, but they ended up taking him to the hospital, and he died. 
the poor guy died from eating, eating tacos. tacos. Yeah, yeah, he was forty-one years old. Isn't that sad? I may never eat another taco again. Jeez. But again, it, it was how many a tacos he ate. Nope, <laughs> nope. They didn't really say anything else about the competition. It was more about uh, that after, you know, after they tried to, I guess, resuscitate him or try to figure out how to help him at the hospital. They they couldn't, so he passed. And they did determine at the autopsy that he actually died of choking to death on tacos. I'm sorry, uh, this I, is not a very good story. That's... <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I never understood. Uh, has anybody ever gone to one of those contests where people are 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 trying to stuff <laughs> as much food in their mouth as they can? I've never really understood the concept of that. The pie eating contest, I think it was always more about the mess that you could get on your face. But and I can people... see that better than I can see tacos. I mean, well, yeah, especially with. I mean, I unless they're soft the shell was. tacos or something, but <laughs> those hard shells, that that could be kind of rough to... Yeah, plus you got to chew all that. I mean, pie has got, you know, filling and all that stuff that it, it can slide on down. But tacos, you got to chew. I just, I don't get that. Anyway, uh, his, his family <laughs> is suing the uh, event planners for this ballpark. An undisclosed amount, and hmm. that's sad. And that's in California. But Fresno, California. It's always California. Well, yeah, but we do know that they have uh, food eating contests, especially in the Midwest and even in the South. Sometimes, I mean, th those hot dog eating contests. If you've ever seen a disgusting. Uh, film of somebody trying to stuff, you know, 30 or 40 hot dogs in their mouth, the bread falling out and everything. I just, I, I don't get it. I yeah, they'd do have not. to pay me a lot of money to even be in something like that. Um, Nathan's. <laughs> he <says> Nathan's. <laughs> uh, so I see that, that just Duck and BP are, are trying to egg on something about the, uh, uh, planet talk. Uh, there's only one person that really talks about the planets, yeah. and he's in North Carolina. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 sad. I mean, that can you imagine putting that on the tombstone? No, I mean, but he was only 41. That's you know that even makes it sadder. He was a young guy. Yeah. To. Um, to you know, to lose your life over something like that. I mean, well, I, the, I hmm? the other thing that they said was that and this is funny that professional uh, people, competitive eating people, actually train to make themselves physically ready um, to participate in those kind of events. And I didn't know they were professional competitive eating people. <laughs> um. I didn't know it for a fact, but I mean, <laughs> that's what it said. I mean, can you make a living doing that? I mean, yeah, B BP said yes, they do. They train for it. Do do they do no that up there where you're at, BP? <laughs> <laughs> do they have those kind of contests in in, in the uh, independent state or whatever Pennsylvania's called? 
Uh, no more sad stories, Jess Duck says. Um, yeah, I've never, I, I've never seen anything but a pie, con- pie eating contest. So, I don't know. I guess you would have to train. Jeez, I don't know. Okay, I mean, that's the end of that. I don't think. I mean, I barely can eat two hot dogs. I, I you know, and I, I've been known to have a healthy appetite, but. I just can't imagine. And I love tacos, but, you know, not enough to get sick on. Okay. Well, did you have anything else on that? Uh, No, I think that's all I can share on that one. (laughs) Okay. So now I'll do the um, uh, This Day in History. Yep. Let's see. And it's going to be a little bit different because i really couldn't find anything exciting that i wanted to talk about that that was from this day in history if i missed something and anybody knows of some special event for this day in history well certainly be willing to uh hear your thought on that but so i went to uh some famous people's birthdays and i say they're famous to me, this first one, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how many people know who this is. The first one is Ravi Shankar. Anybody? Um, raise your hand if you know who Ravi Shankar is. Well, the name's familiar, but I yeah. have no idea who it Eric, is. Eric, are you still there? Do you know who Ravi Shankar is? Um, that name does not ring a bell for me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, you're, you're my go-to when... <laughs> On this, some of this old stuff, I'm surprised at how much stuff you know sometimes. Um, oh. Ravi Shankar uh, was, he, he's uh, from India, and he was a professional sitar player. Um, sitar is, I, I'm sure you've heard of sitar in some, some songs. Uh, you may not have realized it, but anyway, he's the guy who influenced the Beatles back in the uh, late 60s oh, yeah. and kind of changed their direction and uh, taught. I don't know who learned to play the sitar, if it was uh, John or Paul or or um, uh, who's the other one that played? And not Ringo because he was drums. Anyway, he George. taught George. Thank you. Uh, and it may have been George that learned how to play the sitar. But uh, anyway, the sitar started showing up in albums like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And then, of course, the White Album. And uh, and then it became you'd hear it in a lot of a lot of songs. Actually, uh, anybody knows B.J. Thomas. I think Dennis Lee talked about B.J. Thomas uh, not too long ago. Uh, singer from the 60s and 70s. Uh, he had. Uh, sitar playing in the background of uh, one of his famous songs, uh, "Hooked on a Feeling." So anyway, that's uh, who like Ravi Shankar. Irene Cara song. I'm. Uh, yes, yeah, Could be. Or, I don't. Or a different song. Yeah. I, what, what What are you talking about? Um, like the "Hooked on a Feeling" song. The only "Hooked oh. on a Feeling" song I'm familiar with is Irene Cara's, you know, song right there, like from the movie Flashdance. Oh, I, you know, I don't know if that's the same one or not, Eric, because. Well, I, I mean, think there I, might be more than that, which yeah. you might be right about. Yeah, it, this was just, uh, I think it came out in the late 60s, Hooked on a Feeling. It was a famous B.J. Thomas song, and other people have recorded it, and it may be in Flashdance. Uh, I've seen the movie, but I, I really don't remember all the music. 
But uh, anyway, Ravi Shankar was born in 1920. I didn't know he was that old, and he just died wow. in 2012. So he lived a long time, 92 years old. 92 years. Um, anyway, <laughs> so the next one I'm sure everyone will probably know, and that's Jackie Chan. Surely everybody knows Jackie Chan. Uh, whether oh, yeah. Seen his, seen his movies or not, but he was born in 1954. And where do you think he's from? China. Crimson, Eric. Yep. He was born in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong. he was 67 years, or was, he's still alive, I'm sorry. He's 67 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, I remember the Rush Hour. What was the Western one he did? What was that called? Shanghai Noon. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shanghai Noon. Um, the, the Rush Hour, he did that opposite of Chris Tucker. Yeah. Right. And Chris Tucker, um, you know, is from Atlanta too. I didn't remember that. Oh, uh, true story. Really? <laughs> well, all right. Um, so they did three of those, didn't they? Three rush hours, I think. I would think so. I know two for sure. And they did two Shanghai's. Um, he did another one about. Uh, I can't think of the. The name of I don't know if he was in that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon movie or not. Hmm. Well, or or if I have them mistaken for somebody else. Yeah, we don't want to depend on my memory, but <laughs> but no. Rush Hour was uh, probably the the best thing that I think he was in. The first Shanghai I mean, wasn't I mean, too bad. That, that Rush Hour movie was was pretty hilarious. I mean, to put it bluntly, it was the shit, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, in a good way. Um. All right, Russell Crowe. I'm sure everybody knows Russell Crowe. Anybody yeah. want to guess where Russell Crowe was born? I was, I, I was wrong. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Anybody, I believe, believe he is from Australia. Anybody else in chat want to guess where Russell Crowe was born? Where? Or Ireland. Uh, well. From his mother's womb. Uh, hey, just uh, got it. Where, where oh, New Zealand! Wow. He was. Yeah, I was. I was wrong about. It. I always thought he was from Australia. Hmm. Uh, did you look that up, Jess Duck, or did you? Uh, did you? I hope she used the search engine Duck Duck Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, he was born in Australia. Uh, born uh, here. I am saying it. He was born in New Zealand. Um. <laughs> In 1964, on April the 7th, he's 56 years old. Uh, anybody know what his first best-known movie was? Um, mine, the one, the brilliant mind thing when he played um, Stephen, uh, oh, well. Hawking? <laughs> no, it yes. wasn't Stephen Hawking, was it? No. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that was that was a different thing. I know uh, Russell Crowe's most you know, iconic movies to date are A Beautiful Mind and yeah. Cinderella Man. Yeah, Beautiful Mind, that's the one. Okay. I think he got an Oscar nomination for it. Don't know if he won it. The Gladiator was the one oh. that, where he became famous, playing the Gladiator. I, I love that movie, even though it's it has depressing moments in it. It didn't, you know, go the way I wanted it to go, but uh, that was that was a good movie. Um, so the only other thing that I have for this day on April the 7th, uh, history wise, and Dennis Lee may have done this if he had been here, uh, 
On this day in 1805, Lewis and Clark started out on their expedition from Fort Mandan, which is now uh, next to Washburn, North Car- uh, North Dakota, North Carolina, <laughs> Washburn, North Dakota. And so they headed out from there going to the Pacific Ocean in 1805. So I, they probably don't teach that in the history books anymore. Either I remember it well. I'm sure sure there's some <laughs> racial connotations to that little trip since uh, what what was the uh, Sacagawea? Is that the right way to pronounce that? Sacagawea. Sacagawea. Yep. Uh, she was helped them on that trip. Yes, them on that she trip. did. Um, <laughs> and she was in the movie uh, uh, A Night at the Museum. Is that what the name of it was yeah 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 night at the museum i like the first one all right so that's all the national i mean all the national that's all the uh, <laughs> this day in history <laughs> did you sneeze that was a sneeze oh bless you hey, <laughs> i didn't Mother's know if you were commenting uh, commenting on what i was saying or if that was a sneeze <laughs> i was, was that, that, that that sneeze just came out of nowhere <laughs> Well, but I had, of... to, I had to do it in such a way that it wasn't too loud. No. <laughs> you know what was horrible was back when uh, all this COVID stuff started last year, and I had to wear that stupid mask. And I remember one of the first times going into Kroger by myself, <laughs> and no sooner had I gotten inside with the mask on, and I had this tremendous sneeze coming on, and I, I about blew my eyeballs out trying not to sneeze in the store. <laughs> Because I knew that people stare. Oh, well, (laughs) stare. They'd probably start running if, you know, he's contaminating us because that was pretty serious. Your eyes are going to close naturally when you sneeze, I think. Sneezing with your eyes open would be nearly impossible. (laughs) (laughs) I've never tested that, Eric. I've never stood in front of a mirror and sneezed before. It makes me want to try, though. Yeah. I wish I had a mirror here by me, and I would try that right now. But um, you're, I, I think you. I, I guess our message for anybody listening to this: don't try this at home. No. <laughs> but no. I digress. No. And, and <laughs> um, and that's why he Wednesday for you. And um, if we, we would like to take a moment to welcome friends who are just joining us for this Wacky Wednesday edition of Trice Talk. Um, if you're new here, please, please give the show a follow. Um, and to those in the live live cast in the chat listening, um, hit, hit that, that share button and, you know, and, and tell all your friends and family about us. Um, you know, we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern time. And, um, you know, and we're always having a ball. Back to you, Donald Wayne. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. And Jess, people have been looking at me all my life like I'm contaminated with something, so I'm used to it. What is wrong with him? <laughs> so, all right, so now I'll do the National Calendar Days. Uh, there's not a, not a lot going on with them. Uh, we've hit a low point. I was complaining because there were so many, and now we've kind of slow down a little bit but anyway we have a few worth mentioning if i can get them right today is uh national all is our uh, wait a minute is it midnight yet oh 
Nope. Well, these are actually for tomorrow, Thursday, April the 8th. We decided to start doing the next days. Uh, how am I? Okay. Yeah. We're 15 minutes away from the top of the hour. So uh, this is for tomorrow. Tomorrow is National All is Ours Day. That's kind of hard to say. But this is about, it, it takes, takes along three views of appreciation. And that's what it says, takes along three views of appreciation. The first view of appreciation is to look at the day as a time to reflect on all the beauty of nature and all the wonderful things in life. Rarely do we have the time to explore all that nature offers us. The second view is to appreciate everything we have. Even when we don't have that much, what we do have is a blessing. And then the third view is to share all we have. Regardless of what we have, sharing it seems to make tough times easier when we all work together. So that's what National All is Ours Day. So, Wow. Um, start out with a serious one. The yeah. next, next item is National, I think it's pronounced empanada. Uh, those of you who love Mexican food, you probably know what an empanada is. Although I've never had one, and I've been a Mexican food uh, fan all my life. I, I think they raised me on, on uh, uh, chips and uh, salsa when I was young. But, um, Eric... Crimson, you know what an empanada is? Uh, I thought it was. I've heard of it, but I can't say whether I've ever eaten it or if <laughs> I've ever seen it. I mean, I've heard the word. Well, it kind of looks have like never. You never. I've seen it on menus. I've never ordered it because usually I'm so full of chips and salsa that I can't. Uh, uh, I can't do a dessert at a, a Mexican restaurant. But it looks like a pastry. Oh. Uh, oh. We need music. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we were talking food on the old men's podcast with Dina, Joe, and Eric this morning. Um, oh, yeah. And when we talked about Mexican food, um, like um, when Chipotle was brought up, I had to make a mention of that and most Southwest Grill that in any time I've ever eaten there in the past, it just seems like it just isn't real filling or it just goes right through me. If, if I want you know real Mexican food, I'd rather go to a Mexican restaurant where they do the authentic style versus fast food style. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anybody else has ever had a similar experience, but I would say to them, you're not alone. Well, I was raised in Texas, so we, uh, you know, we had some real <laughs> authentic food, uh, Mexican food there. I remember my dad taking yeah. me to a Mexican restaurant one time. He said, oh, you'll love this, son. Um, no one there spoke English. And I said, so how do you order anything? He said, well, you just point. You look at the picture and you point. And yeah. He, he knew a, a couple of people there and he could speak some broken Spanish when, when I was a kid, but, um, yeah, there's, there was a lot of authentic Mexican restaurants around and there's some here in Atlanta. I hear there's some, uh, like over in the Buford highway area. Uh, Eric, if you know where that is, um, th there's an area of Chambly where you have like a predominantly right. like Cambodian presence and they call that area of Chambly, Shambodia. <laughs> well, yeah. They, <laughs> I don't know. And speaking of Shambly, I'm not too far from there right now. I'm kind of staying over in Tucker, house sitting and pet sitting until oh, I got okay. got a two-day extension until Sunday. Oh, all right. Um, anyway, going back to the empanada, 
the empanada is actually a pastry and it comes in several different forms. And I don't know if any of you have ever eaten some of those fried pies, those greasy fried pies. Let me rewind. Eating one of those greasy fried pies that you can get like at the grocery store uh, oh. or even like a, a 7-Eleven or a, a racetrack or something like that. But that's what they look like. And um, you can fill them, uh, of course, as a pastry. A lot of times they'll come with um, uh, like a fruit filling or something like that. But also some people put uh, meat in there, chicken, beef, and so forth. Um, let's see. That's not important. That's the fried pies. Yeah. You can make them with also with cheese and vegetables. So I don't know if I'd want a vegetable. I'd just soon put fruit in them, but they, they look more like a, uh, uh, a dessert than they do anything else. So that's what that is. It's also national zoo lovers day, um, which it encourages us to explore our zoos. Anybody know where the first zoo in this country opened up? San Diego. It's a good guess, <laughs> since that's one one of the famous ones. Right. But, but uh, no, it's not San Diego. Um, Cincinnati. Well, you're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> you keep Come going on, east. <laughs> keep going east. <laughs> Philly. Jess Duck says Philly. Um, I was going to say the Smithsonian Zoo in Washington, D.C., yeah, and that would be a good guess, too. Actually, the first one was <laughs> was in Central Park in New oh, York really? City. Oh, that, that's oh. That was the first zoo uh, in, in the United States. Uh, I don't have the year in there, but actually the oldest existing zoo that was open to the public was opened up in 1765 in uh, Vienna. So the Vienna Zoo, it's kind of hard to imagine them having a zoo there, but that's what it says, 1765. <laughs> um, there's approximately 350 zoos in the United States, and I, for some reason I thought there might be more than that. But um, Now, as speaking of San Diego, San Diego Zoo has more than 3.2 million visitors every year. Yep. to that zoo which makes it one of the most visited in the country yeah supposed to be really great yeah and i always wanted to go to san diego but until the last the last five six years uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if i want to go to california <laughs> anymore or not but one of my one of my uh youthful dreams was to get a corvette and drive up the pacific coast highway but um I just don't know that I trust going to California anymore. Didn't they have an earthquake this week? Didn't oh, they have a tremor? Had several. Yep. Yep. They've had several in the last two or three weeks. I think if anybody well, would know slightly, probably would. I would have to ask him. Don't know if he's going to be doing an impromptu show in about 30, 35 minutes um, since he had to do, um, you know, you know, like uh, Podbean only yesterday, and and I know he's having to edit up some of his shows. Yeah, where where you don't hear too much background noise and and chatter. Um, so he's been and, having, some and of course, technical? and and slightly, and I were dealt some bad news yesterday that 
Hapstar.tv decided to, um, to, you know, to ban, ban him because he did an episode about like the, the COVID, you know, pa- passport cards and evidently they were butthurt and offended by it. Really? Wow. But, but we'll probably have to save that for another show where we delve more into cancel culture and big tech censorship since yeah. tonight is Wacky Wednesday. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll be talking about cancel culture tomorrow night, so that would be a good thing to bring uh, up We'll, we'll night. put that on the storyboard for tomorrow. But I'm glad you told me that. I mean, I hate that it happened to slightly, but I'm glad you told oh, me and, that. Oh, I, mean, I, yeah, I was trying to get um, on there. Yeah, apparently Cummings um, either got banned or or he voluntarily left him. Um, and now John DeVito and Ralph Williams are now saying that they're they're not going to Haps either. And I don't think you and Dennis Lee will be going there either if if um, if if they um, you know are taking such a hard stand like that and and not you know valuing freedom of speech. Right. That's a shame. Well, that's that's what we have to do. Is, is we need to stop patronizing these people, patronizing, patronizing. I know as much two. as we don't like the term boycott it, you know, pe- people are probably going to have to boycott in order to get a message across. And, you know, and if, if media is going to con- continue to, to put, push a, a narrative that they, they, they know is just not working, you know, we really need to go after their advertisers. Well, here's the thing. And I, I've never believed in, in that cancel culture either. I, I said that a few years ago when they were going after Chick-fil-A, you know, because of their religious uh, stance on mm-hmm. some things. And I, they I wanted remember to like shut a them few down. years ago where they said something about that. Yeah. But, but, you know, but I mean, that didn't phase me. I, I continue just, to eat Chick-fil-A because I think their food tastes great. Well, yeah, just, I mean, that was that was a personal opinion of, of the owner who started the company, which is, you know, his religious beliefs is one of the reasons that they refuse to be open on Sunday. But that's their right. And, you know, in this country, if we just don't like, you know, people's politics or the people, you know, who are run a place, we just don't go there. But, you know, for some reason, liberals think that they need to shut people down if they don't like what they do or how they conduct themselves. Yeah, they try to um, yeah. hurt people. They try right. to, to well, hit them. Really what it is um, with, with like your liberal progressives is, um, for example, if you have like a baker that does not want to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple, then then by, then by all means, you know, go find somebody else that don't. Yeah, right. You know, don't, right. Don't, don't for, because really, really what it is with the liberal progressives is they do not want unity. They only want conformity. Right. Well, exactly. here, here's the flash. Here's the way I look at it, especially when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. I don't want to force somebody to make me something to eat because <laughs> I don't know if anybody <laughs> saw the movie The Help. But uh, when she made that chocolate pie for that bitch that she used to work for, the one that fired her, <laughs> it wasn't anything that you would want to eat. And I always have this vision in my head. Well, if I force somebody to do something for me like that, it had anything to do with food. Uh, you have no idea what's going to be in there. But well, just go somewhere. Exactly. Go somewhere you don't else. Force somebody. Right. Why would you want to force somebody to do something that they disagree? You know, that's their right to disagree. So go somewhere where people love you, and they'll make you a great big old cake. That's <laughs> right. so easy. Well, you know, they picked on that same, uh, I heard a story just last week. They picked on that same, um, um, 
what do you call Baker. him? Uh, Baker, Baker cake shop or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, and, and, and it was transgender. The Supreme court. Yeah. Transgender, yeah. uh, person, I guess went in there and wanted, uh, a cake to celebrate um, his his um, transition. Transition. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the story how it went. But anyway, to the same guy. So you can't tell me that they didn't think they didn't know what the outcome of that was going to be. Why would you want to deal with somebody that uh, you know has has issues with you uh, doing certain things? And so I, I just well again I don't want anybody messing won't... with. Yeah, but nobody wants to be forced. Why would you want to force somebody in America to do anything? Just let people live their life and and have their preference and and go on, move on. Yeah. It's just like just, voter ID. Just go get their ID and shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, I love it now that people we're we're going to bounce it a little bit here, but I love it. That people now are complaining. Um, uh, about uh-huh. uh, it's insulting. Uh, there's uh, black people in Atlanta that are insulted by the fact that Democrats seem to think that they don't have any identification <laughs> that they can use. I mean, well, that's what they're saying. You know, well, yeah, that's what- it's it's repressive. It's 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 yeah. uh, unfair to expect certain people to have identification. How do you get through life not having identification unless you never, ever leave the house? But even then, if you order something online, you got to have identification. You got to be able to prove who you are. So anyway, but how did we get on we, that one? Eric, is we that your digress. fault? digress. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> did you start that one, Eric? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> But um, well, well, we'll pick up that argument tomorrow. Yeah, let's talk about cancel culture tomorrow night because that, that that this stuff. Oh well, the, the, my point was going to be I uh, historically don't believe in in boycotts because again, I, you know, for me, I just won't shop there. If you're doing something, I'm not buying any more Coke. Uh, I'm picking out some of these people on this list that signed that that petition against Georgia, and I'm done with them, uh, and until they recant. But um, just don't 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 shop there. Don't buy products from them. Uh, but I don't want to stand out in front of their business with a picket sign and say, I don't, I don't want to tell somebody else what they ought to do. That, that should be a personal choice. But since liberals seem to want to cancel us and everything that, you know, like the games here in Atlanta and hurt all these people here, I, I do believe there needs to be some pushback on that. I think we need to make these people who uh, were a party to that uh, understand that we're not going to continue uh, standing idly mm-hmm. by and allowing them to, to cancel everything because um, it doesn't go the way they think it should go. So. Well, and I think, you know, like you're saying, you know, we got to do something. If you feel it, you need to do something. And, and our lack of not taking action regardless of what the action is 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 our fault you know that this stuff keeps going on and it just we've got to take action however that you know we've got to get away from like the complacency and the apathy which you're touching on crimson right take off the go ahead no you 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 have the floor 
No, that's okay. I'm getting heated here. (laughs) I think a lot of it uh, has been, at least on on the public's part, this turn the other cheek kind of thing and just let people, you know, have their say and it'll play out. And in the old days, things used to die down. Well, I think we've seen this has been going on for well over a year now, and it's not dying down. In fact, they've They've actually escalated and started. I think they've felt their oats and and some of the things they've been able to cancel. And uh, I, I just I, I think that it it causes them to want to continue doing as much as they can. And we need to put the brakes on it. So right. if it matters to you, if it doesn't yep. matter to you, then uh, you're going to wake up in about uh, maybe another <laughs> ten years. You won't even recognize this country so if you're feeling it do something yep but i'm not drinking any more coke well i'm gonna finish the ones i got because you know i'm I'm on a budget but uh i'm not buying any more until (laughs) until they say i'm sorry i love i like dr pepper better anyway so so eric get your notes together so you can uh get in on this tomorrow night okay hey cummings Welcome. You just missed the rant. <laughs> um, so, what am I um, doing In case there? you missed it, oh. um, Cummings had a really good interview with presidential photographer Gene Ho this this evening, um, and he already published the show a short time ago. So, yo, know, you definitely got to check that out. Oh yeah, that was will. really good. Yeah, I know I, Crimson uh, was in the lot, but I know you'll have to download the published show, Don Wayne. And, oh, okay. and Dennis Lee will too. All right. Yeah. Dennis said something about, uh, well, I might, I might call in, you know, but just don't, don't count on me because <laughs> he, he tends to stay up later than uh, anyone else in his household. So, you know, that's how he gets to do some of this stuff. And, uh, but, uh, they may have worn him out today. So, uh, I wasn't really expecting him to call in, but, um, yeah, I, I'll look at that, uh, Cummings, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So yeah. that's. Oh, we didn't even. I didn't. Eric, <laughs> I didn't play the music. How did <laughs> that's I, what Jess said. She said you forgot the music. Oh, was that what you're talking about? I'm thinking, what is she talking about? What music? <laughs> we don't normally play background music. Yeah. I, I couldn't Jess, get had me confused for about <laughs> ten minutes here. I'm thinking, am I? What am I missing? She said music. <laughs> what music? Okay. Now, now it makes sense. Now, see, I'll catch on if you give me long enough. It just takes a while. Um, I I don't know that the ones that I had that I could have played for that because when I said something to Dennis Lee uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said, "I don't know if you want to play that one or not, Dad," because it was by some rapper, Donald Wayne. What? <laughs> you just said dad. <laughs> uh, talking about myself? Yeah. Oh, I was I was <laughs> talking about Okay. Are we still there? I'm still here. Donald Wayne? We lost Donald Did- Wayne. <laughs> Oh, he's back. I hear him. Yep. I hear him. <laughs> what? I didn't go anywhere. 
I, <laughs> we couldn't hear you. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't do it. Yeah, I guess I don't know where it is, but okay. So I could hum a few bars, a Calendar Girl, maybe. <laughs> but um, I, I've got. I'm gonna download that uh, that older version, Eric, so I can have it as a backup. Um, like the original yeah. version that Dennis Lee used to play for a long time before yeah. he went with the new variations. Yeah. I kind of like that one that um, that Robert played one night for us, too, but I, I didn't get the name oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Kind of like you, you were in a dance club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I it remember was, us and, and Ellie J were there for that. Yeah, it was disco-esque kind of thing. It kind of got you moving on Calendar Girl. Okay. Well, let's see. What can... Is is uh, do you have something, Crimson? While yes, I'm going through my um, notes here, oh, well, go ahead. I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, there's this um, thing I read the other day. It's on the Reddit, and it's the topic was parents. What a spooky past life memory did your kid utter? And uh, they got a lot of responses from parents about things that their kids have said. So I'm going to read one of these, um, and, and and it's kind of like, you know, if you've ever been in a situation and it's kind of like deja vu, it's like, I've done this before, or I've been here before. It's it's kind of one of those things, you know, is this our first time around, or have we done this before? So the first one said that um, my coworker has a son when he was about three years old, told her that he used to grow rice and lived in a place where two rivers met. He was able to name the rivers, and she located it on the map, East Asia. And the kid was three years old, talking about growing rice. Jeez. I know. Isn't that strange? That's, I mean, if you... You know, there's just no way the kid could have known about the names of these two rivers that, I guess, intersect or I don't know how, what the story, actual complete story is. But he knew the names of these rivers where he grew rice. And then there was this guy that, again, these kids are about three or four years old, and he described his life as a ballerina on stage. He described the lights, the music, the applause. And then his next words that he said was, I was at a party on a boat, and I fell into the water. Then, poof, I was here. Jeez. I asked him to relate the story to his father when his father came in from a business trip a couple of weeks later, and he told the same identical story. Now, a kid three or four years old can't can't really express himself in that kind of detail. That's just not, they're just not made up. Your mind's not developed like that. So, uh, so it's just... It, Eerie, eerie. So where where did that memory come from, or where did yeah. that thought come from? Yeah, and that it's so precise. He remembers the lights, the music, the applause, and then he was on a he was at a party on a boat and fell into the water. Isn't that just, weird? It is weird. Um, I remember younger days when I had deja vu moments. I can't remember the exact feelings at that time, but there were a lot of times in my early years where I, 
I felt like I had done this before and been, been these places before that had never been before. Um, hasn't happened in, in the later years, in the last 20 or 30 years. <laughs> you but, you uh, can't even remember what you did I yesterday know, I, now. There's, there's no room for any more memories up there now. But, <laughs> but that deja vu kind of thing. I mean, I don't know if you'd call that deja vu or if that's a uh, uh, reincarnation. I mean, I don't know. Well, sometimes I feel like I've done something like, you know, like go somewhere and, and I don't know, go sightseeing somewhere and feel like you've been there before. You've done that before, but, you know, you haven't. Right. And, and it's like this can't be familiar, you know. I've never been here before, but it seems familiar. There was another little boy that uh, was born after 9-11. And when he was a toddler, they just say toddler in this story, that um, he went on, uh, he would talk about how he used to work in tall building, in a tall building, and wore a suit and tie. He relayed this story two or three times later within a month's time, and then he never spoke of it again. How old was the little boy? He just They just said toddler on this one, oh. so you think, you're still thinking around three or four yeah. for a toddler. But he, he worked in a tall building, and he wore a suit and tie. The, the lady that's telling the story said, uh, it must be his sister, said it freaked her parents out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it would. I mean, I guess, you know, what would be the explanation of that? I don't uh, know. Unless there was, unless you believe in reincarnation or you believe that maybe uh, people that are no longer here can somehow, I don't know, I want to say communicate because that's a story. I don't know. that. Well, that's weird. But I would, I think, I mean, you could almost say that maybe these children have vivid dreams, you know, and that what they're relating actually is just something that they think is real, but it's actually just a dream. Now, I can do that. I can dream something and, and, and it seems so real the next day I have to think whether it was a dream or not. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't admit that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Have Did you talked really to anybody happen? about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, not until now, and I'm sorry I even mentioned it. <laughs> All right, well, that's our uh, past lives that kids utter moment. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know how. I mean, especially too young to actually have experienced maybe those places where they could actually uh you know say they've been there unless unless their parents took them into a tall building um i mean i i have memories of things really really young probably even before i can walk but uh, before i can walk before i could walk but um i don't know yeah. that's that sounds weird that would probably upset me if uh <laughs> if my child says something like that. I know. I know. I can't imagine. And actually, there was another story um, about a little boy uh, 
that his parents gave him a um, police car, and he played with it for a while, and then he kind of stopped playing with it, and they asked him, did he not like it? And, and he said, no. He said, it makes me sad. And the mom asked why, and he said, well, one time I was driving a police car, and um, I got stabbed. And, you know, the parents were kind of shocked, you know, what in the world is this child saying to us? So the story, you know, ended up being that as that child got older and its mom told him those that story, that he started trying to research that to see if a policeman had ever been killed or stabbed to death in their vehicle. And there had been. They found one particular story about a policeman that was stabbed in his car. So, Jeez. Yeah. Now, see, how do you explain that? I don't know. <laughs> that, that, would, uh, that would freak me out. I mean, of course, there's a lot of people that believe in... Uh, reincarnation. Reincarnation. A lot of religions believe in reincarnation, right? I, I, well, I say a lot. I don't know how many, but I don't know. Some religions believe in reincarnation. Some people do. I don't know. I don't know about religion. I think like you, the like the the Hindu religion and, and the Buddhist religions do. Um, I, I don't know too many d- details about it. Um, um, you know, and there there are even like people. Like I, I've heard and read stories about where, where they they claim that they were, you know, were, were Jews like in a previous life that had had died during the Holocaust. Oh um, really? Um, you know, like th- these are just like YouTube videos I came across, and you know, and you would find these shows on like Investigation Discovery and other places. Yeah. If you know where to look. I mean, there's got to be something to those stories. Yeah. But yeah, and I'm sure you would probably have to have like like professional like therapists and and doctors and and, and people with psychiatric abilities, you know, to to basically like confirm it. Yeah. Well, I remember back in the days, a long time ago, where um, that they first started discovering people with different personalities and call multiple personalities people. You know? um, they, they now refer to that nowadays as dissociative identity disorder or DID. They used to refer to it as multiple personality disorder. Oh. Um, and, and there's one soap opera that oftentimes dealt with that story, and that was the soap opera One Life to Live, and their main character... <laughs> you know, Vicky Lord, whose um, alter egos were Nikki Smith and Gene Randolph. I kind of remember that. Yeah. One minute, uh, Vicky Vic, Vic, Vic was here, and then the next minute, she becomes Nikki Smith, <laughs> you know, who is nothing but a menacing troublemaker, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, and murdering people. And, um, and Vic, Vicky had no control over it. Yeah, and wh- Gene being the brainiac. <laughs> what was the uh was it a marvel movie that the uh was it glass um he wasn't the character mm. that had the multiple personalities but 
Uh, you know what I'm talking about? One Bruce Willis was in it. He played some kind of somewhat superhero, um, and then uh, uh, Samuel Jackson was uh, Glass, and then there was another person who had multiple personalities. And yeah, I think it was and Break that dude, something. He he was uh, really freaky. He had like seven or eight different personalities. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, I, I think the movie, that particular movie is called Glass or something to do with Glass. But, yeah, that, that guy, I think he had seven personalities, and that was weird. Especially knowing that there are people who do have multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Herschel <laughs> um, Walker has, has DID, too. Did he really? Herschel? Yeah. Um, he, he's been diagnosed as having it. Really? Hmm. Wow. Herschel's been getting a lot of attention. Uh, yes, he has. Recently. And, and, his, and son. his son Christian has too. Yeah, yeah, his son. Yeah, Christian was was on Fox one night, wasn't he? Somebody did an so. interview with him, yeah. Well, very oh. opinionated person. <laughs> All right. Well, Can you blame him, of course? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've got a short little ditty about California. Boy, you know. Oh, boy. When I'm looking for stories, I mean, there's no shortage of stories about California. Um, but this one, it's, it's again, it's on my Huckabee site, and it's called California, America's Petri Dish of Insane Ideas. <laughs> and it's short. Um, since California... America's petri dish of insane ideas passed a law allowing male prison inmates to declare themselves transgender and request transfer to women's prisons. 261 of them have have and none have been denied. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, there's there's an angle. There's an angle, a way to get transferred. If you got to spend your time in prison. Uh, The L.A. Times reported that some female prisoners have voiced concern that male inmates are claiming to identify as female just so they will be transferred to a women's prison. They're worried that having males in prison with them will take away their right to safety. Uh, They fear sexual violence and that they'll have to install nurseries for all the babies that will be born. Why, that's crazy talk. That's the kind of nonsense you hear from people who believe that biology is real (laughs) and not (laughs) simply a social construct. Those female prisoners should listen to the trans activists who, uh, who tut, tut, tut that. Uh, What? It's who tut, tut, (laughs) tut that is what Huckabee is saying. Misinformation (laughs) spread by prison staffers is stirring up transphobia and that more must be done to educate inmates. Yes, those female inmates need to be taught that convicted criminals wouldn't possibly lie so they could get transferred from a tough male prison to a female prison full of women they could prey on. Why, that's inconceivable. (laughs) Or it will be until the first baby is conceived. Maybe the trans activists should educate themselves by visiting a few prisons and finding out that the people who live there aren't necessarily the most trustworthy folks on earth. I mean, don't you think you'd have to, 
uh, have some proof, you know, before they would transfer you to a women's prison. Jeez. That's interesting. That's California. <laughs> Where Slightly. was that? Huh? It it didn't say it? what it didn't uh, say what city. Uh, usually it, it you know it's somewhere around Los Angeles, but uh, you know the whole state's kind of kind of goofy anyway. So. Yeah. So here here's a good story, and and we're back in California here. Oh. So here's surprise. here's some yeah here's some really good good news. So Caitlyn Jenner is talking with politician political consultants as she actively explores the run for governor of California. <laughs> uh, uh, of course. <laughs> oh, that what? that deserves. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody well, run for governor of California. Yeah. I'm sure this is coming up because of Newsom. But uh, Jenner is being assisted in her consideration by Carolyn Wren, a longtime GOP fundraiser. Wren initially met Jenner through her work with the America Unity Fund, a GOP profit focused on LGBT issues. So Wren previously worked at the Trump Victory, a joint fundraising committee for President Trump's 2020 campaign. Uh, Jenner and Wren both declined to comment on these facts. So maybe, maybe uh, we got us a Republican candidate out there. So, and she's certainly popular enough and well known enough, and uh, she might be able to pull that off. Well, I didn't know that actually she was Republican. Uh, Yes. I'm. I, I never actually heard that because the, the Kardashians are all Democrats, aren't they? Or are there any Republican Kardashians? I don't know. I have no idea. Of course, we know we know Bruce Jenner mostly from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But I first saw Bruce Jenner in Montreal in 1976 at the Olympics. Hey, that was the year that he won the uh, America's Champion of the Olympic, uh, what is that called? The decathlon. Uh, the, yeah, decathlon. So, I mean, he's pretty well known, and, and I don't know about the Kardashians. I don't know what their political, I, don't, I have no idea. Leanings? Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would think Democrat, maybe because of, Well, I don't know. Who who's the oh gosh now I can't think of the guy's name the rapper that uh, one of them was Kanye West. West. West Kanye West Mary but now he Kim. was he was a Trump supporter I don't know if he was a dyed in the wool uh, well a so was uh, so was the what's the Kardashian girl that's married to him uh, Kanye Kim. yeah she also worked with Trump on releasing some of those people from prison I don't know that that makes oh, yeah. her a Republican though but. She certainly spearheaded that um, with him, and, and oh, she released. was vilified too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was that one one article where she had met with with President Trump in the in the Oval Office. Oh, and and they and they of course made the headline "Trump meets Rump," which I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I think um, for 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 that kind of name calling, I think that is just very tacky. That is. Um, have, have they no respect back for for women? Well, yeah, I mean that's 
that's the amazing thing about a lot of the criticisms that get aimed at at conservatives. I mean, they're coming from a group of people. I'm talking about liberals now that mm-hmm. don't seem to have a whole lot of respect for anybody. Right. And I, oh, they're, they're very admit, selective. I'll admit that Donald Trump uh, could say some things that I wish that he hadn't said from time to time. But, um, you know, by and large, I mean, there's to, in my in my feeling, there's no bigger group of people in this country that have little respect uh, for people mm-hmm. in general than liberals, uh, especially conservatives. I mean, they would like to see us silenced completely. Yep. And that ain't going to happen, folks. Well, and that also goes back to what I said earlier. They do not want unity. They want conformity. And right. um, and, and they're real selective on, you know, who, who gets preferential treatment and who doesn't. Yeah, it's... Sure. Well, that's that, that would well, be that's, uh, the, the way to, of the world. It, it'd be neat to see another Republican, and and you know she might draw a fair amount of support in California, uh, being I as well so. known. Um, but you know, uh, Donald Wayne, you can say what you want to about Trump, and and no, he didn't always say the right things, or um, sometimes he talked a little bit too much, but. You know, he fought for the American people. He fought for all American people. Everything he did was directly thinking about us and how it was going to impact us and our families. And there's never been a president to do something like that, to take care of us. And you knew he was going to take care of things, you know? Well, yes. and, and For everybody. And I've I've said that all along that um that was the only thing that if if i could have gotten him to change anything that that probably got him in trouble with a lot of people more than anything else but there's certainly never been anybody in the republican party that's ever fought so hard to get certain things done and get things done that we needed to have done for years that these other politicians promised us that they would do and, you know, we, we got a bunch of lousy Republicans that need to be run out of office, too. And I, th- I think that <laughs> well, subject is coming up in conversations in pockets of places around the country where conservatives are trying to look for uh, some new blood in the Republican Party right. uh, to, to replace these do-nothing people that have been in there for years. I'm hoping that they get rid of Mitt Romney uh-huh. in Utah. Um, uh, is he up next year? Eric, do you 20, know? 2024. Oh, so they um, got to put up with him but, for a while longer. But I, but I think Trump's legacy will be is that he taught, you know, young conservatives, you know, to fight, you know, like your Charlie Kirks, your Candace Owens, your Josh Hawley's and your Marjorie Taylor Greens. Um, yeah. You know, and we need more of that. Um, and but but the but your old school Republicans like your Mitt Romney's and your Mitch McConnell's and your Adam Kinzinger's, they're they're like. They just can't stand that. No, and and somebody well, just there comes a time where people just need to step off, just get out of it. You've been in it too long. You're not making you're not making a lot of effort to change things, or it's just go mm-hmm. along with the flow of things and try to, <coughs> you know, try to be the the good guy and. 
They're not standing right. up for us. They're not standing up for Republicans, and they're not standing up for this country. Right. Well, but go ahead, Eric. You know, and that that, that lead, leads me to to um, like a like a good quote from the Bible. You know, like the to everything there's a season quote. Um, you know, you know, and and that song like by Pete Seeger, "Turn, Turn, Turn." Um, you know, qu- quotes that biblical verse. Um, E C C L E S I A T E S. Ecclesiastes chapter chapter three verses one through eight. For for everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Of, of course, if a time to be born, a, a time time to die, a, a time to plant, and a, you know, and, and it goes on. Because you know, you know, like you know, it, it's like a generational shift. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eric, but, you know but, that. But, that was a, a a popular song in the yeah early in the 1960s. 70s? Was it? It Nin- could have been actually the, the 1960s. But it, it came out during a time you know when my generation was trying to make a change in the attitudes in this mm-hmm. country, and 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 get rid of these race barriers and 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 mm-hmm. people you know get together and communicate and and live and work together, and that song was very mm-hmm. popular. I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was uh, a passage from the Bible until I, I read something yes. one day. But uh, I thought that's very neat that, that a rock group would take something like that and turn it into a song. But they have you, th- th- This was back when, when you had music <laughs> artists who, um, you know, no, who weren't afraid to tell real stories in their songs. Um, you, you, know, ba- you know, you probably wouldn't even hear that song on the radio anymore. But you would hear Cardi B's WAP song, which yeah. <laughs> you know the lyrics are so, so degrading that you know we, we can't can't read them on the air here on Trice Talk, right? Because the lyrics are, are are literally that disgusting. Well, the music back then was always more meaningful. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and you would even have 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 even songs that could could literally naturally draw you to tears because I mean, yep. because because it would hit such a such a nerve with people. Yep, absolutely. And even and even the, the artists could sing like angels, like Donna Summer and, and Dolly Parton. Yeah. But. Yeah, we've. But, but, yeah. And I think people have a right to, you know, produce any kind of music they want or listen to any kind of music they want. But then when you want to start telling, you want to start judging other people and how they live and, and their values and compare it to what you support, I have a problem with that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just whatever um, you enjoy. Fine. I, I believe you have yeah. a right to enjoy that, but don't hold that as a standard and then want to criticize us because we have different mm-hmm. beliefs. Yeah. Or different values. But yeah, that's, you know, of course <laughs> you had to be around and you had to listen to some of the songs and then compare them to some of the stuff that, that's come out in recent years and and not that there's not some good songs but uh the meanings we used to have songs with meanings that actually meant good things and there's still some occasionally um all right well did you have anything else on your list crimson 
Uh, that's kind of it for me. Well, there was one other thing. Um, I don't know if y'all have talked about Getz lately. The Repub- He's from Florida, I think. Um, Matt Gates, yeah. yes. Yeah, and his uh, his dilemma or his newsworthy information. Uh, but I did see where the guy that first denied that there was any kind of... Um, uh, when they was trying to get money out of his dad, what is that called? Extortion. Yeah, that they, they, you know, they first denied that, but this guy, and I don't know his name, has actually come out and said that he did solicit money from the father. So, so part true, but um, you know, I think we have to remember uh, Kavanaugh and what happened to him during his hearings and all the trash talk that went on about that very respectable man and and how all that just went away, you know? And it was so, horrible. Make, so I understand. So the story is saying that somebody did actually solicit the money and get money yeah. or he just yeah. tried or he did get no, money? He, no, no, no. He just tried. He he was admitting to that which he they denied at first that that ever oh, okay. happened but now the guy's saying he did try that oh okay but um you know i still you know he's still denying gets is still denying that and i think we have to stand by that you know um and and let this thing play out like it's supposed to play out instead of trying to judge they're trying to ask him to step down and resign and and I don't, I don't think he should. Right. Well, as anybody that listens to Trice talk on a regular basis, we haven't really talked about uh, Cuomo that much. I mean, we may have made a few comments early on, but really haven't talked about it that much because, you know, I don't want to get in on that because you hear enough of that on the news. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I just... Don't feel like jumping into something like that on Cuomo until, you know, more concrete evidence is out there other than the allegations, which, you know, seem to be um, overwhelming against him. But still, so we we don't we haven't spent any time on Cuomo. And and for the same reason, gets I just um, need need to hear some more because he does deserve to be. He certainly deserves as much consideration as Cuomo has gotten in the last two months that that's been going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would hate right. to hear, you know, that it ends up being true. That would be sad. But, um, you know, it's it's just a little little too early. There was a, actually an article in Huckabee, and I, I decided not to read it tonight because it really doesn't. I mean, most of it's just people talking about speculations. They, yeah. they have they have no proof of anything yet, so I just I just don't see any point in going in that direction on something that's can be so damaging to somebody until there's yeah. there's uh, proof out there, and and give Cuomo the same same consideration. Right. But now, like if it's I Nancy said, Pelosi, we'll talk about it yeah. all the time. <laughs> or well, Schumer. <laughs> just looking back at Kavanaugh and and remember every day listening to all the stuff that was said about him and that he had to defend and, you know, how wrong that was for the Democrats to put him through that, you know? 
and smear him or try to smear him with with false accusations it's just it's horrible and i almost think gets is the same kind of person because he was getting so popular and and well liked and i almost think he's um under attack right now to hurt his reputation well it's it's a different kind of situation, different circumstances, or a different type of story. Well, he's another fighter too. But look at what yep. they're trying to do to the governor, DeSantis, and there and that thing about the publics with that that person from yeah. sixty Minutes. I don't know who that was that did that interview, or or, yeah, or not an interview, but uh, was questioning uh, DeSantis in that uh, conference the other day, interview, whatever it was, and um, yeah. and it was totally false. And, yep. and and the Democrats that are involved in that story down there are standing up for DeSantis. And yet, yeah. do you hear the liberal press, you know, clarifying <laughs> that and going back and saying, well, OK, well, maybe maybe we didn't have it right. I mean, what yeah. happened to 60 Minutes? Yeah. I remember watching 60 Minutes for years, and I thought that was one of the neatest programs. The Don I've Hewitt ever. era is long gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, even uh, uh, Mike. Well, they're they're, they're and, clearly uh, doubling down and tripling down on stupid since since he died. Yeah, it's it's, but they say things just like they've they've mm -hmm. uh, you know piled on to Georgia about the voting law. They say things that aren't true, and then when enough people come up with information to say to disprove what they've said. Do you think they go back and, and retract the story or, or adjust it you know, and say, well, we may not have had it completely right? Or I, it's and, and now I saw somebody uh, talking about or, uh, why they went to Denver with the with the um, the all star game and comparing uh, the Denver voting uh, regulations against Georgia. So it's just they never quit. Yeah, it's, or, it's, or 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 next thing you know, you'll probably have them like, you know, crying the sob story of like that they were given orders to to report lies and misinformation. But but I but I think our response to s such a cop out excuse would be is, you know, that that's no excuse. Yeah, I'd like to read because 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 if they're gonna gonna be all like crying about that. They were given orders to do, to do bad things. Um, th the thing is, is they knew better. I'd like to read a story about uh, conservatives complaining about possible voter fraud without some liberal rag saying the lies about voter fraud or, or uh, voter irregularities in the election. I mean, it, they just outright want to say there's nothing to see there. Move on. And it's not true, as we've brought up a few cases, small <laughs> cases, and it may not have changed a thing for Trump, but it's it's made some differences. And if there's a little bit of smoke, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we're just it's it's hard to get access to the things that need access to in order to prove a lot of those allegations that were made. But it's, you know, I, mm -hmm. who, who can you trust anymore? It's hard to uh, listen to anything um, in the news. And, and, of course, Twitter, 
sometimes I'll find some conservatives in Twitter and then I'll see like three or four runs of uh, pages of, uh, or whatever you want to call them of nothing but threads, liberals just saying, you know, calling us all kinds of names and saying we're crazy and we're, we're conspiratory. And it's just, just, you know, I don't know. Somebody, did anybody else hear this? I heard, uh, late last week that somebody was saying that and it was a well-respected, I don't know if he's a historian, but he was somebody, a political science person. And he said, you know, he believes that we're going to get to the point if this division stays up in this country, that there's going to be a fracturing of this country and there's going to be, uh, he didn't call it like the, um, the civil war, but he feels like there's going to be states that want to separate from each other and create two different countries. Because if this doesn't, if we don't find a solution for all this, this void between the two parties, um, it's going to make it very difficult for people to get along in this country. So, right. Not saying that's going to happen, but this, this was a political science person said that's the way he sees it going. If, if we don't find a way to get along or the Democrats will get everything they want, change the voting laws, and then we're screwed anyway. So, all right. Well, I guess we've, we've, we've reached the end of the road on that. Let me, I, I had one other thing, but tomorrow night we'll talk about cancel culture. Uh, that's going to be yeah. hot and heavy tomorrow night. And, and uh, I guess, Eric, if you want to uh, well, do the honors. Um, well, as always, of course, um, you know, a big thank you to our loyal Trice Talk listeners, you know, BP49, Jess Duck, as well as, you know, guest co-host Crimson and Chris from the Forgotten Tunes, Corey, a.k.a. C-Rock from the Uncommon Sense podcast, Muhammad, Troncat, Jeremy from Cummins' Culture, um, you know, Micah from, from Ghana, who, who was in the show earlier, Jake, Bumblebee Tuna, Betty Joseph, and and a, and a few other friends that joined this live cast this evening. Um, we appreciate you, and we appreciate um, other good friends of the show, including our loyal followers l- listening to this published episode on download. Um, the um, to, And, you know, you can find previously, you know, published episodes of Trice Talk and Tall Tales of the Rabbit Hole here on Podbean, as well as on other great podcatcher platforms, including Spotify and Pandora and, you know, Google and Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, just just look, look for Trice Talk. Um, and the Trice Talk podcast is li- on live every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern time, plus D- Donald Wayne's, you know, Trice Talk, many, many pods in between. Um, Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole can can usually be heard live every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at or around 9.30 p.m. Eastern time as well with impromptu shows here and there. Um, other great Podbean live friends to worth checking out include um, the Ralph William podcast. Hopefully he's going to be returning with some new episodes very soon. Um, and he'll normally go live weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. Um, and hopefully... You know, he'll be working on a new season of his Friday Night Sex Talk with Virginia, so stay tuned for that. Um, 
Weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, the Old Man's Podcast with Dean, Joe, and Eric presents its daily talk show, Chit Chat with the Old Man. Um, you know, and Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern time is the Old Man's Friday night music show. And um, the, the, the Sunday morning Hindi Pop Hits music hour and the Sunday afternoon classical music hour will return in September. Um, and also be on the lookout for, you know, other great pod being friends like John DeVito of The John DeVito Show to return with new episodes soon and hopefully another good podcast just another day in paradise also comes back with new episodes soon and also be on lookout you know most days you know milk dog doing you know being on multiple times a day along with lauren lou of communication station and accidental chaos pink squirrel with her whose podcast is this anyway show and also be sure to check out lara and pink squirrels new new like podcast show on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Did You Say Something? Um, you know, Wednesdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern, you've got Frankie D's Crib. Weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time is Cummings' Culture. And other than the Gene Ho interview that he done earlier this evening, on Monday, he's got a big interview with Juanita Broderick. So you definitely need to tune in for that. M- Mondays around 8 p.m. Eastern time is Corey, Jason, and Mike Tampa Bay's collaboration show called the Uncommon Sense Podcast from, from the Green Room Podcast. Um, weeknights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you have the Slightly Serious Show with, with James Mitchell and, and me, and, and we're joined by Pert, we and Lady, me and Robert, um, and, a few, and Jeremy and a few other friends. Um, we also have um, Chris, who does the Forgotten Tunes, weeknights around 11.30 p.m. and midnight Eastern Time. And then Robert, hopefully, will be coming back very soon with new episodes of Oh, excuse me, the Mr. Clean Music Show. Um, and also be on the lookout for Lady Me to do her A Day in the Life of Me podcast. And on the weekends, be on the lookout for Chris Unplugged and you know, and the Two Peas in a Podcast show and D- David to do Mysteries of the Paranormal and Poetic to do impromptu episodes of the Holy Shift podcast, um, as well as Lyrical Laxatives and the It's Doomsday podcast, Captain Jimmy's um pirate radio podcast and the turkey show on the weekends you know you know plenty of great podcast friends i'm confident you'll enjoy um so um well we enjoyed all of our friends here here at Podbean spending their evening with us and we look forward to to seeing y'all again tomorrow night and seeing you around on Podbean. and i'm now going to toss it back over to donald wayne who has uh, our closing thought Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Um, and, and thanks, Eric and Crimson, for helping out tonight when Dennis Lee's absence. It's always nice to have have some help getting through this. Um, also, I wanted to encourage anybody that has any ideas for uh, topics they'd like to hear us discuss here on Trice Talk. Uh, BP's been sending in several articles or recommended several articles here recently. And um we appreciate that, and we will try to use oh, everyone yeah. that we can. So, anybody have things they'd like to hear us discuss? Uh, please send that to. You can email it to us at trice talk or t r i c e t a l k sixty nine p t s at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I did. Um, you- and I'm also plugging the like your. Um, you know, you like your social media, tristalk 69 pts at gmail.com is um, the email address. You can get in touch with Donald Wynette and 
on Twitter, it's at Trice Talk WG Moon, and Facebook at Trice Talk. Yeah, and also we're on Parlor too, and and could not get yeah. the uh, Trice Talk tag on Parlor, so it's um, a Gray Crab G R A Y C R A B on Parlor. Uh, don't get on there as much as as Twitter, just but uh, yeah, you can find us on Parlor occasionally. All right. So um, anyway, send those ideas, thoughts, and uh, or if you have any comments about the show or anything that you'd like to see us do on the show other than stop doing it. <laughs> don't, don't make um, that I, I, I imagine tomorrow night the closing song will probably be the bird song, Turn, 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 that was composed by Pete Seeger that I mentioned tonight. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. I, I, I Actually, I think I have that in the library. You wouldn't believe how many songs I have from Spotify. I love Spotify. Oh, yeah. um, all right. So the closing thought for tonight is, uh, let me get this thing pulled back up here to be ready, um, is from Nelson Mandela. And he says, there is not passion to be found in setting. There's not passion to be found in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Makes sense. Nice. There is no passion to be found in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Good words to live by. All right. Yeah. Well, love you and God bless you, everybody. You are you going to do the lights tonight, Eric? Well, I think we're we're, we're, I think me, you and Crimson are going to turn out the lights together. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thanks, Crimson. Thanks, Eric. And I hope uh, y'all join us tomorrow night. Thanks, y'all. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. See you next time.